You're listening to the Flight Test Podcast, episode 202. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. Uh, today on the Flight Test Podcast, we're hanging out with David Vinderstall and talking about his new Maker Knife project and his bicopter uh, multi rotor, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, let's jump right in, hang out with David, because I'm sure everyone wants to do that. So, yeah, let's go. Right then, David. Thanks very much for being on the Flight Test uh, Podcast this week. How are you? Ah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, it was great to have you on. Um, we were saying, I think you were on with um, Austin, Stefan and Alex, maybe, a few a uh, few weeks ago or before Flight Fest, I think. Yes, that is correct. Josh was there. As well. Oh, Josh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember what the lineup <laughs> was, but yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, it was, it's. Uh, we said back then that we'd like to have you back on more regularly and... Uh, yeah, so this is uh, it's nice to have you back on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't we start off by talking about we just mentioned Flight Fest, uh-huh. and you were there. So why don't we talk about uh, your experience? How was it? It was uh, really good. I liked it. It was a little warm, but yeah. other than the weather, everyone was super nice. It was there's so many people. Yeah, yeah, there were. It was amazing. I don't. Uh, that was actually my first Flight Fest that I've been to. Oh. What did you think then? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was it was all that I hoped that it was and more. It was just fantastic. But yeah, I know what you mean about the weather. It was really hot. <laughs> so I I can, I mean, I suppose, you know, it's not quite the same as Sweden, but <laughs> but I, I, you know, the UK is quite wet and cold some, a lot of the time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, to have it that hot at like eight o'clock at night, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it was really nice. I got to fly quite a bit, um, not as much as I wanted to, but since I don't, it didn't have much to fly, I, I always get to fly other people's stuff, and I couldn't really bring anything. I brought the bicopter, but that was it, really. So people were nice enough to uh, give me some stick time. That was really cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That I, I found the same sort of thing too. Yeah, people were very uh, generous with that. And that's what I was hoping that Flight Fest would be all about is, you know, people being very kind and giving you, you know, planes to fly and stuff. And uh, I saw you flying, um, what was it, some sort of warbird in the combat. Uh, Yeah, that was a F4EU Corsair from uh, uh, E-Flight, I think. And uh, that was, it's another friend, he's called Tim Morrell. He brought it last time I was there. And we flew it in the combat there too, and it didn't go well. I had a brownout, and it went into the ground. Uh, but then they took it home, repaired it, and I got to fly it this year as well. Uh, but every time, <laughs> every time we do something, we just wing it. That's the little bit of a problem because uh, so they show up with the plane uh, twenty minutes before the combat, maybe ten. Uh, and we're like, okay, we need a receiver and a battery in this thing. And I'm like, uh, the the car is locked. I have my transmitter and the receiver. No, actually, I only have my transmitter. I don't have a receiver. Uh, so uh, he just rushes out the, the door, Mike uh, Coolens, that's on RC uh, After Hours podcast. He just jumped in his bike and found chad and got the transmitter and in the meantime we just threw a receiver in there and a battery from i don't know who uh 
And it's like, okay, good, good, good. And it's just stuffed it in there. And it was uh, maybe three minutes over. We're like, <laughs> up to the flight line. It's like, okay, okay, everything working? Oh, yeah, it's it's working great. Okay, uh, throw it. <laughs> it's like everyone just threw it just the tad before us and got up in the air. It was all great. <laughs> okay, it's very squirrely, but I don't know if the CG is right. We didn't check that. Uh now I started flying around, and uh, we were at the end of the field, so the the huge cluster was pretty far to the right, and flew over brown eye. Oh, no. uh, I think I forgot to uh, put the antennas outside of the cockpit, outside of the canopy, because uh, they were touching the motor. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that could have had something to do with it then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so we, we did the same thing next combat. Uh, but yeah, a servo gave up. So we needed to fix a servo. And it was like, it was plenty of time. It was like half an hour. We're like take, taking it easy. Just, okay, anyone has a, have a servo? Uh, yeah, sure, I have a servo. Okay, cool. Um, we need a servo extension because the original servo in that has a really long lead. Like, as someone has a uh, any server extension, and like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I have something, and it was just long enough. Uh, it was a Y cable actually, but it was just barely like everything was like really taut to plugging everything to the receiver. It's like didn't feel too great, but uh, at that point, uh, we uh, had like yeah, yeah, another five minutes as usual, uh, and it uh, yeah, that was a little. Uh, uh, annoying because we came out to the flight line and both servos moved the same way. Oh no! Aerons. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst thing, isn't it? When you actually get to the to the the, the deadline <laughs> and you think yeah. everything's completely fine, and you're like, "Oh, thank goodness, we actually got there." And then, <laughs> and then there's a massive problem like that, and there's no time to fix yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but as usual, we wing things so. They were on. They're on a Y channel, so they're to the same channel, uh, and like you can't do anything about that. So I yanked the uh, servo cable out. And you see, the problem was that the servo cable was not long enough. Now, um, so we had a Y cable going into a Y cable, and everything was taut then. So it's like, oh no, we can't do anything. I'm like, yes, we can. So I pulled out some foam in the middle. <laughs> and so we just got in the, like, dug out some stuff with a screwdriver and everything just started working. Like plugging it in. Okay, great. Uh, set it up on the radio real quick. I couldn't use my radio because we didn't have a receiver at this point. So I had to use like a Spectrum uh, and an orange RX. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, you know. Yeah, quality. Uh, <laughs> for sure. So I... We got it, and like working in at this point. I mean, everyone's still on like half in the air, so we kind of nah, we'll throw it anyway. Uh, up and going, maybe fifty meters out, brown out. <laughs> oh god, not again. So, <laughs> yeah, so I think we gave up after that point. Uh, I, that was uh, yeah, it started getting pretty uh, bad shape, but it's gonna survive until next. Yeah, time as well. Next I, time think. You're there. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they fix it again. <laughs> Sweet. No, that's awesome. That's a really funny story. Yeah. No, I I know exactly that kind of feeling. Someone gave me a um. There was this balsa wood plane that someone gave me, uh-huh. 
and they, they gave it me to, to fly in the combat and it, I think it belonged mm-hmm. to someone who'd sadly passed away and they wanted to sort of destroy them in his memory or something. Uh, how did it go in the combat? Oh, well, <laughs> I was flying around and I, was, uh, I, I wasn't too keen on trying to... I was trying to survive for a little bit before I got completely annihilated. And um, mm. yeah, it went really well. But then the people who I was flying with who'd given me the plane, they were like, crash it, crash it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was just going more and more daring. And then eventually I sort of, there's this massive sort of paper plane, foam board plane. And uh, mm. yeah, my plane got embedded into the wing and it, they both went down. And uh, oh. mine got, <laughs> mine came off worse. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a big surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But um, no, Flight Fest was mm. awesome. Going on to your uh, your Maker Knife project, that's something that I'd really mm. like to talk to you about on this podcast. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, again, I saw that at, uh, at Flight Fest for the first time, and I'm really excited to get my hands on my personal one. So yeah, oh, ta- you ordered one? Yeah, yeah, I ordered one. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I saw that that video, and I was like, oh yes, I'm getting one. <laughs> it nice. worked very well. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so so for anyone who doesn't know who's listening to this podcast, um, tell us all about the Maker Knife and uh, what it is and uh, and all of that. So it's a basically it's a handle for a utility knife blade, like one of those trapezoidal blades um, that you can flip around. Uh, like they're super cheap. Like yeah. you buy a hundred, and it's like two. E- two euro or whatever it's like yeah it's very very cheap so the blade is fantastic since you can use it abuse it and then just throw it out uh, and you get to flip it around one time as well and you can like like in the video you can scrape with it if you need to as well like it's super useful yeah problem is there's no good like way of holding it there's like there are utility knives and they're but they're big usually. They're bulky and like they usually have a really cheap feel. Everything's rattling around in that. So we thought we would make a really sleek one that um, fits in your pocket or uh, is something that doesn't weigh a lot that you can have every day all the time. Because mm-hmm. it's surprisingly often that you want a knife uh, that you kind of don't think about that you would like to have a knife like opening a box like you're like oh i'm just gonna use my keys or like i don't know just so many things in a day and i didn't realize it until i had a knife how much i missed a knife that's pretty crazy uh so it's aluminium it's a pretty small little package it has sharp angles so it looks kind of masculine uh it's not super comfortable to grip like if you're a professional carpenter this is not the knife for you (laughs) Uh, like holding it for an hour and gripping it i think you would yeah it would not be as nice as holding one of those huge knives that's made for it this is more for yeah cutting foam and uh, just in general hobbyists or makers Uh, and we of course, it has to be awesome. So we uh, made a, a really special locking mechanism in it. So it has a, a ring and 
in the how am I going to explain that? So, uh, in the middle of the knife, uh, there's a slot, and in the slot, there's a, a ring, and that's uh, attached to a metal stainless steel body. And when you put the finger in the ring and then move it forward, it unlocks it automatically. And when you release, when you get to the f uh, far position, it locks it. Uh, but it doesn't feel like it's locking or doing anything. It just opens and it closes. Like, I don't know, it feels very intuitive. And as soon as it's in the front position, you can't. Like, if you touch the blade and push on it, it doesn't move anywhere. Right, yeah. And to open it, you just put the finger in and then slide it back, and it doesn't feel like you're unlocking anything. So it's really about that magic feeling. Yeah. Uh, and you can tune it so you get the the perfect feeling that you want. Oh, so you can cool. have it. Yeah, so you have a set screw on the top and one on the bottom. Uh, one is for the forward position and one is for the back position. So uh, you can make it really hard to open if you have kids, for instance, that yeah. you don't want cutting each other. Uh, you can make it more difficult or more difficult to close if you don't want to accidentally close it by for some reason. As long as you don't touch the ring, it's fine. But I don't know. Mm. in some cases, I guess. So, uh, yeah, but it's just try to make the most awesome thing that we could from good materials and have it look real nice. The only thing is since we use high quality stuff and like the part on the inside is stainless steel and it's cut by wire EDM, which is a process where you have a wire uh, thinner than uh, your uh, strand of hair. All right. And it's uh, charged with uh, high voltage and it doesn't actually touch the thing it's cutting like you have an arc of electricity being discharged into the thing that you're going to cut and that ships away a tiny little particle down um, the micro uh, micro size yeah. uh, and uh, you have water so it flushes it out mm. and it just goes super slowly but the precision and how thin the cuts you can make is phenomenal but that's expensive yeah so that's the problem so the final price is high because it's a premium product yeah and it's not a uh, plastic one from the the shop really yeah, yeah but yeah. on the other hand it's gonna last a long time yeah Hopefully, uh, that's the the plan, and that's why we go with really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tool that you're supposed to have every day. Yeah. And just uh, use it and forget about it. Yeah, well, I, I always think that if you have something that you use every day, then you should definitely go for something that's quality, you know, so you don't have to replace it, uh, you know, in a year or something like that. And, for uh, sure. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was sold on when I saw that video that you, you shared and everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need one of these. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would be the same for a lot of the flight test community as well with, you know, building their own models and things every day. Uh, the foam for board sure. and, you know, that those knife blades can be used on foam. Is that right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And we have we made uh, uh, what's that called ceramic blades as well, uh, oh, nice. mainly for the for the hobbyists, uh, the the plain people that cuts foam, it doesn't get dull. 
from cutting foam and like leather and that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's fantastic, but it chips very easily. So you can't cut really hard materials with it. Then, yeah, you get chips in and it doesn't cut well anymore. So like just cutting foam and that. So you keep it just for that, but like you don't need to change it like ever. It's really nice. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. But expensive as well then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, that, that's amazing. Yeah. I, when you were saying about that manufacturing process, I was just thinking how that seems, <laughs> it's so precise and everything. And so it sounds like a completely different form of engineering to your, your take on the uh, the Corsair at uh, the Flight Fest Combat. <laughs> For sure. This is, um, yeah, this is a high level engineering for sure uh, a lot of reading and making sure like the tolerances are crazy small because we don't want it rattling but we don't we want it to s- slide very smoothly and be still manufacturable uh, so we have to use very high quality machines that have a crazy tolerance of 0.02 millimeter uh, like it's it's pretty good uh, with the EDM as well like you get really good tolerances and repeatability which is what we're after because quality is what we're going for yeah for sure. definitely the Kickstarter went really well um, congratulations on that so you got a lot of uh, a lot of funding Thank for you. that yeah it went uh, it went fully funded in two hours wow two hours uh, <laughs> yeah amazing and we didn't I didn't have time to post a video and neither did Jacko so I don't know like I posted it on Facebook and he did as well and that was enough to <laughs> sell enough knives that it we could actually produce it and break even at that point yeah but yeah so far we sold 7,000 knives wow that's amazing. Yeah. So doing, yeah, doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Big congratulations on that. That's awesome. Well, thank and you. you did you say that you're on a manufacturing trip at the moment, or you're in Italy or something? Uh, I work from Italy because that's where my partner is. Yeah. And so I go here and stay for like a month or three three weeks, and then I go home for like a week or two. Yeah. And then fly back and. Uh, so I do, my wife is working with RC Explorer full time and packaging and managing that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I can work here and then come home and work on designing new stuff for uh, like trying out new things to make stuff better for RC Explorer, mm-hmm. which is working out reasonably well, I have to say, because it's a lot of fun doing the RC stuff. And here it's, Currently, it's finding good manufacturers and like the manufacturers that understand quality. Uh, so we went to China recently. I got home uh, a week ago and we went there to visit manufacturers uh, and it was pretty cool it is it makes a huge difference to be able to walk in the factory and actually talk to people yeah face to face yeah because you also get to see like when you talk with them over the internet you don't realize what capabilities they have as well because you can't see their machines you can't like 
see their workflow or whatever, like what the, the parts that they capable of. So you're like, Ooh, I can design this here, <laughs> like future products. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. Yeah. So we were in Hong Kong first and then Shenzhen. And that was, uh, that was really cool. That was a really nice experience. Mm. Uh, they have the world's largest electronics market called Hanjiang Bay. And it is huge. Like, it's crazy how big it is. It's, we went there three days in a row and we still didn't see everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty amazing. And it's like uh, everything from buttons to cell phones and like components on, uh, on rolls and like super tiny components. And it's fantastic. You can get almost anything you want there. Yeah. If you can find it. <laughs> yeah. If you spend three days walking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, so we had a suitcase with us every day and we filled that uh, with stuff. Uh, and then we had to go home because we can't buy anymore. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. But like with the, the amount of money we spent was super low because everything is cheap it's straight from the factories yeah yeah uh, so the manufacturers are there and they're selling like without anyone in between so stuff is cheaper than on aliexpress like half the price wow yeah. uh, my friend bought 50 i think it was 56 kilos of stuff 56 really uh, was, yeah oh my goodness. yeah it's crazy that's a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> I yeah to, it I is to take sure. that back on the plane as well <laughs> Uh, he did end up shipping it. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so one of the manufacturers helped out. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> Since yeah. it's mostly like we're both into buttons and dials and stuff like that. So it's mostly, mostly like half of the stuff is just buttons. Yeah. I know people who um, are like 56 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you can go to Chenson, it's very interesting it's a good experience it's very technological forward like it's uh, far forward like all the taxis are electric um like trucks and even uh even buses were electric so that was really cool uh and like at mcdonald's the you have that self-serving uh kiosk or whatever it's called yeah and you can pay with your face your face it's amazing. What? Yeah, it's a face ID. <laughs> yeah, you just, uh, like, it pays fi- a face ID and, like, bloop. What? That, is, that like... is amazing. I mean, we didn't have one, but we were standing there looking at other people paying with it, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you're like, you can't really do the normal excuses if you're like, oh, no, I forgot my wallet. And you can't, like, oh, I forgot my face. <laughs> it doesn't work that well. Yeah. No, I suppose it doesn't work like that, no. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's... Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a pretty cool um, trip, actually. I uh, got a lot of stuff done, so happy with that. Yeah, well, I'm glad it went well for you, and um, that's all progressing. And, uh, yeah, so where can people yeah. find out more about the Maker Knife um, if they wanted to get one themselves? Makerknife.com. Makerknife.com. Yeah, and you can pre-order still, and uh, if you do, you should be in the first batch. Nice. Uh, which, unfortunately, is delayed, but it should get to you before Christmas. Like, we're shipping in November, uh, late November instead of October. 
So a nice Christmas present for someone, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That uh, it shows up under some trees at least. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, the other thing, apart from the maker knife that I wanted to talk to you about, was um, your bicopter, which you mentioned uh, before, and you said that you brought it to Flight Fest. So, yeah, um, why don't you tell people about that project? Uh, sure. It's a it's a craft that's a multi-rotor, but it only has two rotors, hence the, uh, the bi in the name. Uh, so to control that, you always need four control surfaces in anything uh, that hovers and flies uh, in this kind of way. So to control it, it's like a tricopter has a pivoting tail, and this has both motors pivoting. So it's kind of like a Chinook in oh, that yeah. way, the military helicopter. Uh, but in this case, it's rotating 90, 90 degrees, more like an Osprey. Right. Uh, the V-22 Osprey uh, military super awesome helicopter plane thingy. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, That's its technical name. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, for sure. <laughs> That's the whole name. It's uh, uh, it's so freaking cool. So oh, yeah. I wanted something that it's different. Like it's it's always fun to show up to the field and you have something that no one else has. And it's interesting because people don't know how it works. Yeah. Um, so they have to figure out stuff like you have to touch it and move it and it's really interesting and then it looks freaking amazing when it flies when you fly fast forward it's kind of like that osprey yeah like it, you tilt the motors almost 45 degrees and it just goes oh, pretty darn fast and uh, one of the reasons as well is the bicopters are so not loved like they don't get any attention at all so there's no code for it there's no development for it just like the tricopter it was uh there was no one using it because it wasn't as easy or as good as a quad at that point where mini quads came into the picture but there's like the millions of hours spent by everyone on quads it's not a huge surprise that they fly as good as they do oh yeah um there might be benefits with the tricopter but we don't know we maybe have a hundred hours into it like no maybe more but uh like there's potential there maybe when it needs to be explored and it does have some features that are different like it has the swooshiness and it was a lot better than quads back in the day because you could do very hard yaw turns. And yeah, that. yeah. Uh, so I wanted to uh, do something more different and even harder. So, Take it to the next Yeah, extreme. two tilting things. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's flying decent at the moment. Like, you can, like, it flies great as long as you fly it the way it wants to be flown. So it does not like flying backwards. It kind of freaks out. Uh, it does an oscillation like a <laughs> uh, we have people working on it we are gonna go with D Ronin as the uh, flight platform the firmware uh, it's uh, it's a completely different thing from beta flight so we have a lot more uh, control in that with some really cool features and it's uh, uh, it's capable of GPS positioning and flying like waypoints and stuff like that so it's uh it's different it's not aimed 
just towards racing quads. But yeah. It's, mm, it's more of a, I don't know, wholesome thing. It's a little bit different. It feels very nice when you, it flies really good. It has auto-tune, for instance, where you, yeah, you activate it and it tunes the craft for you. It's pretty amazing. It's and pretty it works. Handy. Like it doesn't do, it's, it really is. And if they usually get pretty close to like really good results. If you're a beginner, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really is good. It saves you so much time. Uh, so we're doing the bicopter integrated into the Ronin as well. So we're going to try that from the start because uh, working on beta flight, it changes so freaking fast. So making a offshoot or a, uh, like a, a branch of it, it's so difficult to keep up with the changes that they make. Um because it takes a long time to get something committed to beta flight. Uh, so like the, the changes for tricopters, that was like a year before they considered it. And then stuff changed and the, the developer of uh, TriFlight unfortunately couldn't continue with it. Yeah. So we didn't have the same amount of development power to it anymore because he was, he was really fast and efficient with that stuff. Yeah. But now we have D-Ronin instead, which is more, since it's not just the mini quads, it's a little bit more slow on the updates, but it doesn't rely on like the super latest uh, ESCs that needs to be updated a million times a second and stuff like that. It's more about another different, a different kind of flight experience, I guess. Yeah, so the idea was to make it look as cool as possible so people buy it and then uh, we get more uh, people working on it. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's so a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, other, like if we, yeah, if it doesn't fly good, it still looks freaking awesome on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I guess. yeah, it does. And it's is it made with uh, carbon? Yeah, it's all carbon fiber, one and a half millimeter, and it's pretty darn durable. Uh, I let anyone that wanted to fly it at flight test try it. And it was crashed maybe 20 times, 40 times. I don't know. It just went into the ground all the time and it, it was like fine. I didn't fest. change a prop. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what flight test and flight fest is about and flight test as well. Just yeah, true. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's um, selling pretty good. It's just uh, starting to arrive to people in uh, in the US and... I hope to see a lot more builds coming up now. See what people think. So is that so people can find out more about that and potentially order it on your website, is that right? Correct. So it's rcexplorer.se. rcexplorer.se. Cool. Yeah, just type in rcexplorer and it's fine. Yeah. Find it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And you've got loads of great content on there. I remember, um, yeah, you've got so many projects going back through the years, you know, so from the vegan to... There was, uh, the, oh, what was the one that, there was one of the first ones that I ever saw um, of yours that was the P51 Mustang with the the camera yeah. on it, with the FPV. And that thing, yeah. that thing inspired me so much. It was just, yeah, it was great. That was a oh. long time ago as well. Oh, yeah, that was so long ago. That was, yeah, man, that's a lot of years ago. It was with the first GoPro. <laughs> really? Like, that was the time. They haven't even released the second one. Yeah, man. 
I remember a friend of mine yeah. getting the first GoPro, and that does feel like a long time ago now. <laughs> For people that didn't watch it, it's a P51 huge Mustang that was from Hobby King, and uh, it wasn't the best flyer. Like, it was kind of squirrely and a little weird, but it could carry a lot of stuff, like the GoPro. So I made a little custom canopy for it, and we went to uh, <laughs> to a toy store and bought a Ken doll. <laughs> and I stole the, the, the body and the arms and put servos on them so they would move with the control surfaces. So it kind of felt like you were in the plane. It looks a little, uh, looks a little cool. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, in the video, I do a roll, uh, actually inverted thing, and I didn't tape down the canopy. It was only magnets, so it fell out, and it's um, yeah, crashes pretty hard. <laughs> oh, is that the was that the end of it? I, I always wanted to know whether because the video continued after that crash. I didn't know whether you fixed it. It does, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I could. I, I it was dead. I didn't want to spend any time on it either because it wasn't the best plane. I would probably have changed planes at that point. Yeah, it was pretty hard. Like, stuff was... Everything was just... I mean, it's foam, so you can always repair it, but it was pretty nasty. And it was a huge plane to keep in the basement, so uh, we gave it away. I think someone... I can't remember who got it, but they fixed it, I think. That's cool. Well, that's... uh, Yeah, that was one of my... The first projects I saw, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to do loads more just awesome things in the future. So have you got any, any more plans for, like... Or, or you, for future projects, or are you just sort of focusing on the make a knife and the bicopter and things like that at the moment? Uh, at the moment, yeah, I have way too many ideas and way too little time. Uh, as, as per usual, so we're going to start with the next project for after the make a knife here in Italy pretty soon because we're starting to order stuff. Uh, the final orders and second payment and all that is going out so then it's just lead time like they need to manufacture the 10,000 parts or whatever we do and it takes a while so as soon as they're done we're going to go to China again and uh, hand assemble them together with uh, that company there so we assure the quality and we help get it out faster that's going to be fun, sleeping in a factory for three weeks. <laughs> wow, dedication. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has, has to be good. Uh, it has to be as good as I wanted it to be if I bought it myself for that price. Definitely, yeah. Well, that just shows people, anyone listening into this, this is how much <laughs> effort's going into this product. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it looks simple, but there's always stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks very much for being on, David. Um, really enjoyed chatting. And yeah, uh, do you want to plug any other sort of uh, sites or anything? Or is it just the Make Knife and RC Explorer? Yeah, that's it for now. Uh, yep, yeah, go visit those. Uh, join the, the community, join the forums and uh, like help out with the bicopter. Anything like even your experience of how it is to build or fly at the moment helps us. Uh, any data is good. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll put the links to those websites in the description of this podcast and also in the article that accompanies it. So uh, on the flight test website. So anyone who wants to go and see that, then uh, just go and head over after you've finished uh, listening to this podcast or during it if you're just sat by your computer and uh, (laughs) you can go and visit that and check out all of of that great stuff. So 
yeah thanks again david and yeah we'll catch you next time yeah thanks for having me ciao And that was the Flight Test Podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. Next time I'm talking with Josh Bixler and we're going to be chatting about aerodynamics and designing your own planes. So for any budding aircraft designers out there, um, I'm sure you're going to enjoy that podcast. So tune in next time and we can hang out then.